Your spirit man gets saved, sanctified, regenerate, reborn instantly. Amen? But the soul and the body take a little bit more time. Welcome to the Healing Your Soul podcast with Katie Souza. This program is designed for those eager for the supernatural to flow in their lives, as well as to have a healthy soul. Would you join Katie as she shares from scripture and experience the critical importance of a well soul? We've got a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show. These shows, these programs, are really basically about the wounded soul. That's my goal through these programs, is to teach everyone about their soul and how much the condition and health of our soul affects every part of our lives. It's amazing. But our spirits are perfect. But So, so what's wrong with our life when, when things are happening, when issues are coming up, when there's problems coming up? Many times when we're having difficulties in relationships or marriages, when divorces are happening, when families are breaking up, when churches are breaking up, when businesses are failing, ministries are failing, there could be because the people involved have a wound inside their soul that's allowing these types of issues to happen. You'd be amazed at how many things are connected to the condition of your soul. Your finances are connected to the health of your soul. The Bible says in 3 John 1, we will prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Your health, right there in the same scripture, you will be in health even as your soul prospers. In upcoming programs, I'll be pointing out specific stuff. How about blindness is connected to the soul? Deaf ears are connected to the soul. Lameness in the body connected to the soul. Inflammation connected to the condition of the soul. Issues like backsliding, those come from the soul. And a born-again believer, it comes from the soul man. If there's a wound in the soul, it can actually drive somebody back into the original sin that they escaped out of in the first place. There's all kinds of issues that come when our soul is wounded. So we are three-part beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. We are a spirit. We live in a body, and we possess a soul. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 makes it very clear that we are three-part beings. It says this, And the very God of peace, may he sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so this scripture makes it clear we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. But I love what else it says. Paul's praying here that the God of peace would sanctify us where? Holy. That we would be wholly preserved in all parts of us, in our spirit, our soul, and our body. See, many of us are under the misconception that Jesus just came to cause our spirit man to be regenerate. But for the rest of us, well, too bad. You'll get changed when you go and pass on to glory and in the big by and by. No. That's not true. Right now, right here, while we're living on planet Earth, it says that Paul prayed that God would sanctify us wholly in our spirit and our soul and our body unto the coming of the Lord Jesus. Meaning before he comes, this, the body, and this, the soul, are supposed to come into wholeness. Amen? And that's what 
one of the major purposes of these programs are, is to teach you how to get the rest of that promise. Your spirit, man, if you're born again, is already perfected, but we want to teach you how to become holy, holy sanctified in every part of you, including your soul and your physical body. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things. All things. Jesus Christ died for the whole man. Not just your spirit, but the whole man. Body, soul, and spirit. The problem is this, is that the process of each part of us getting wholeness happens at a different rate of speed. <laughs> Your spirit man gets saved, sanctified, regenerate, reborn instantly. Amen? But the soul and the body take a little bit more time. In fact, you have to go through a process of healing in your soul. Talks about it in Romans 12, 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, changed. By what? The renewing of your mind. The mind is part of the soul. Your soul is made up of your, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. The mind is part of the soul. And according to this scripture, we are transformed how? By the renewing of our mind. There is a renewing, a healing process that happens in our soul that causes us to be transformed, to be changed. Amen? Now, the reason why we need a healing process to, to be activated in our souls is because according to the Bible, our souls have been wounded, literally wounded, by two main things, and that is trauma and that is sin. Let's just look at some examples of each. Let's look at trauma first. I've used this, this example many times. I will be using other biblical examples as we go, but when I do, I want to expand on them and teach. So I'll just rely on this really good, solid biblical example of trauma right now, again, and that is the story of Job. What happened to Job? Lots of trauma. Lots of trauma happened to Job. You read chapter 1 of Job, and what happened? The raiders came and took Job's massive wealth, stole his herd, stole his camels, his oxen, his sheep. And while they were doing that, they also killed all his servants. That's a lot of trauma. And if that weren't enough, then it seems as a whirlwind came and crushed a house that all his children were gathered in together at the same time and killed them all at once. And then in chapter 2, after experiencing all that trauma, Job was again further traumatized. What happened to him? He got stricken in his physical body when Satan came and put boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. That's a lot of trauma for one person to go through. But how many of you feel like you've lived through that amount of trauma? It's true, isn't it? Many, countless people have gone through massive amounts of trauma. And you know what? Trauma wounds the soul. It wounded Job's soul. What happened? 23 times in the book of Job, the word soul is mentioned. And each time Job is saying stuff like this, my, my soul is vexed, my soul is mourning, my soul is poured out, I am bitter in soul. So see, by Job's own confession, we know that all the trauma that he went through indeed put wounds on his soul, affected his soul, man, amen? So trauma wounds our soul and every single person on the face of the planet has lived through trauma. So do you think every person in this world, to some degree, has wounds in their soul because of what they've gone through? Amen? Amen. Now, sin also wounds the soul. 
Isaiah 30, 26 says this, the Lord binds up the hurts of his people and heals their wound inflicted by him because of their sin. According to this scripture, sin wounds us. What kind of wound is it talking about? Is it, is it talking about a physical wound on your body? No, actually it's not. That word wound there in the Hebrew means pains and sorrows. Pains and sorrows, those are the hurtful, tormenting emotions that we go through and experience when our souls have been wounded by sin. In Psalm 38, David is lamenting what his sin did to him and other people around him. Remember how David sinned? He committed adultery with Bathsheba. He murdered her husband, Uriah the Hittite. Those sins literally wounded David's soul. How do we know? Because he says this comment in verse 5. He says, my wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. Even my friends avoid me because of my wounds. Was David physically wounded when he committed adultery and murder with, with Bathsheba and Uriah? No, he was not physically wounded. There's no indication that he was injured physically because of those sins. So what's he talking about when his wounds are loathsome and fester and that his friends avoid him because of his wounds? He's saying, my sinful folly has literally wounded my inner man. And we know that too because in, in another one of those verses he says, I'm moaning by the disquiet in my heart. That word heart refers to the soul man. He's saying, I've got moaning, pain, disquietness inside my soul because my sinful folly has wounded me. Amen? How many of you have sinned? And the rest of you lying demons can leave right now. The Bible says all all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have sinned. And unfortunately, what we have not realized is those sins have consequences. They can literally wound your inner man. But you say, yes, but I repent. And this is good. This is what we must do. It's the first step in getting our soul healed. But as you'll see as I continue teaching, that sometimes sin, especially chronic sin... We'll leave a wound behind in our soul. And yes, you must repent. You must apply the blood of Jesus on that, on that sin to wash yourself clean of it. But there's another power from Jesus in his resurrection that actually is for the purpose and the power to heal the wound that sin made. And we're going to talk about it in a minute. But if you haven't partaken of it, it could be still there. That wound could still be there, even though you've repented of your sin. And it could still be causing you to be financially broke, to be sick, to be in the middle of a divorce, to be losing your children, to be having your church break up, to having your business fall apart. We've got to get the wounds in our soul healed, and then we'll start to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. In Mark 9, it, this is a really cool scripture. And I remember I used to read it and think, what is, what are they talking about? But it's actually a soul scripture, and I'm going to try to prove that to you right now. Let's read it from verse 57. It says this, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than two eyes to be cast into hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. 
For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Okay, this, when I remember when I first used to read this, I'm like, what? This scripture is all over the place. It's talking about pulling your eye out of your head, and then it's talking about not going to hell, and better if you have one eye, and then you're supposed to be filled with salt, because salt is good. What is going on here? Now, I remember I got tired of that. I decided to look into the scripture and find out what is it talking about. So I remember looking at the, the, the second half of the scripture. It said, be seasoned. Uh, everyone will be seasoned with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourself. And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean, have salt within yourself? So I remember I went to the Strong's Concordance, the Thayer's Concordance, and I looked it up. And I was shocked when I saw the meaning of salt. According to Thayer's, it says salt is a symbol of the health and vigor of soul, which is essential to Christian virtue. So when it's saying have salt within yourself, it's saying, look, God wants you to have health and vigor of soul. Because it is essential to Christian virtue. Have salt within yourself. Amen. And I remember looking at the very front end of the scripture and saying, okay, that makes it more clear about what the beginning of the scripture looks like. It says, if your eye causes you to stumble and sin, pluck it out. Well, what's the eye? You've heard the phrase, the eye is the window to the soul. The word eye there actually means the mind, the faculty of knowing. It's saying if you got something in your soul, you need to pluck it out and then have salt in yourself instead. Have that health and vigor of soul inside your soul instead of this thing that's in your soul. Pluck it out. If you got something in your soul, your eye, take it out. Because when you do, you'll have salt inside yourself. Now, what is that thing it was talking about? What is this thing that you're supposed to pluck out of your eye, out of your soul? Well, guess what? It's wounds that are formed by sin. How do I know? Let's listen to the rest of the verse. This is from the Amplified. It says, if your eye causes you to stumble in sin, pluck it out. It's more profitable and wholesome for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where the worm dieth not, and is a symbol of the wounds inflicted on the man by his sin. Boy, that sure cleared it up. I don't know about you, but as soon as I read that, I was like, wow. That's what we need to pluck out of our eye. The wounds that are inflicted on a man himself by his sin. It's pretty clear there. Sin wounds the soul. And we are called to remove those wounds out of our eye. Amen. Sin wounds the soul. Trauma wounds the soul. And when the soul is wounded by sin or trauma, it can cause sickness. Micah 6.13 says, Therefore I have smitten you with a deadly wound and made you sick because of your sin. See, God was talking to Israel at this time. And they had been in sin. They had rebelled against him continually. And he was saying, your rebellion, your sin has wounded you. It is stricken you with a deadly wound, and now that wound is making you sick. Remember, whatever's happening in the soul affects the physical body. 3 John 1, you'll be prospered and be in health even as your soul is prospered. And here God was saying when they sinned, it did wound them and made them physically sick. 
We don't understand that many of our diseases and our disorders that we're dealing with right now, and, and I mean, there's no limit on what they could be. Anything from back and neck problems to knee problems to, to hearing to, to diseases to bacterial diseases to viruses to cancers. Many times those disorders and those ailments could be coming upon your physical body because of what is in your soul. And we need to start learning about our soul because when we do and we start getting soul health, we will prosper and be in health even as the soul man is prospered. You know, we don't realize that when Jesus was here on planet earth, he was ministering healing to people that had wounds in their soul. Remember how he did all those miracles, people's physical body? Did you know that many times those people that had physical ailments were sick in their body because they were wounded in their soul. I'll just give you a couple simple examples. Luke 5.15, it says this. There went about a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came to hear him and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Okay, so people with infirmities, various diseases and disorders came to be healed by Jesus. Now, did you know that in this particular scripture, the people that came to see Jesus that day to get healing in their physical body had a disease or disorder in, in, their, in their bodies because they had a wound in their soul. How do I know? I looked up the word infirmities there. That word infirmities, it said that they came to be healed by him of their infirmities. It means this in the Greek. This is according to the Strong's. Weakness and infirmity of the body and of the soul. See, those particular people that came that day were wounded in their soul, and that's what was making their physical body sick. Now, there are many different words in the Bible to describe the different ailments people suffered by, suffered through. You'll see the word disease. Some of them had diseases. Some of them had plagues. But when you look up these different words, they don't have any reference in their etymology to something being connected in the soul. But the word infirmity does. Now, this will help you. The word infirmity, when you read it in the Bible now, you will know, wow, I could be dealing with a situation as I'm reading this and I see the word infirmity where this person who is sick with a disease or disorder is in that condition because their soul is wounded. See, sometimes when we just do a little bit of simple study, we can find out what's going on behind the scenes of something. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Same thing happened in Luke 7, 21. It says that he cured many of their infirmities and plagues. You see, there are two different words, infirmities and plagues, meaning some of the people were sick because they had an infirmity in their soul that was making their body sick, while other people were sick because they were suffering some sort of a plague. That word plague doesn't have anything in, in its meaning that connects to the soul. Sometimes people are sick because they're just sick. But sometimes people are sick because they are wounded. And it's caused their physical disorder to come about. This is important for you to know. This is important for you to know. Because now you can begin to understand that you've got to do more praying for the soul. You know why I say more praying? Because I believe as time has gone on that the planet has become more wounded. And there's more people with infirmities than ever before. As the generations have passed and all of the trauma and the massive sin that our world has been through and those sins and traumas have been passed down through the generations, I believe that, that the masses, masses of people are sick in their physical bodies, that they are infirmed in their bodies because they're infirmed in their souls. 
Amen? We've got to know how to heal the soul. How, when's the last time you prayed for somebody to get, to get well and you prayed for their soul to be healed? We don't. We command diseases to bow. We command legs to grow out. We command cancer to die. But when's the last time we actually spoke to somebody's soul who, who was sick with cancer and commanded their soul to prosper? When you start learning how to do this, you're going to see they will prosper and be in health even as their soul prospers. Amen. Over the course of the next few programs, we're going to be working on terminal diseases and bone disorders that are connected to the wounded soul. You may be sick or in pain right now because your soul is wounded. You may have already tried everything, fasting, prayer, doctors, medicine, but with no results. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you prayed for your soul? Remember what 3 John 1 says, you will prosper and be in health even as your soul is prospered. I encourage you to practice praying over your own soul every day. It's easier than you think. Remember, the blood of Jesus shed at the cross washes away every sin that could wound you. And the dunamis power from the resurrection heals the wounds that came from sin and trauma. Remember, the word dunamis means excellence of soul. Every time you pray for dunamis to fill your soul, you become more and more excellent. Then you'll prosper in every area of your life. Get into the good practice of praying over your own soul every day. Now let me pray that for you. I pray the blood of Jesus would wash away every sin that ever wounded your soul. I decree that the blood is even washing away every sin in your family line all the way back to Adam. I pray that you would prosper in your soul and be healed of every wound that is connected with any infirmity you may be struggling with. I decree that you are becoming excellent in soul and that you would prosper in your health even as your soul is prospered. I pray you receive a miracle in your mind, a miracle in your emotions, and a miracle in your physical body in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at katiesouza.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. God bless.